3: The Belly Up Sports NFL Draft Coverage starts now with over 50 different guests over the first three rounds hosted by Dan Mater. Hello everybody and welcome to the Belly Up Sports NFL Draft Coverage and Chris DeHauer co-host of the MD's Fantasy Football Show and Belly Up Fantasy Live. Let's go to the pick here. Terrace Marshall finally off the board. All the NFL fantasy football and pick betting analysis you could ever need through this draft coverage. <laughs> so the Detroit Lions are the ones on the clock. They're going to make their pick soon. But the Giants, I'm getting word, just traded with the Miami Dolphins from 40. 40- it's time for your coverage to start now. And we are back, fellas. We're back. The NFL draft covers with Belly Up Sports, hosted by MD's Fantasy Football Show, is back and underway, and the Bucks are officially on the clock. Let's welcome in our guests here for the first five picks. Picks 33 through 38 here in the second round. We got Vince from the Sports Stove Podcast back from last night. Vince, are you on a couple times tonight or just tonight? Just just,
4: just now. Just now.
3: Just this one for tonight. We got Nick coming back from scoreboard. addicts. he was on in the early part of the first round last night as well. Nick, how are we doing today?
2: After last night's draft, as a Jets fan, I'm doing great. You
0: should be.
3: They actually had a really great draft, especially when they traded back for Jermaine Johnson there in the first round, one of the uh, underrated moves of the entire draft. And Ryan McCarthy, we got two Jets fans on here. Ryan McCarthy here from No Credentials Required. How are we doing, Ryan?
0: I am... Stupid tired, but I am stupid wired too. Because as a Jets fan,
3: fellow Jets fan like Nick, I'm psyched, psyched. <laughs> you guys have not had a lot to be excited about for a long time, so this is this is good for you. I am happy for you guys. I made the joke yesterday about you know what makes you choose to be a Jets fan when you live in America. And you're allowed to choose what you want, and uh, <laughs> I've always blown away by the answer. Nick gave us a great I, I answer. Have a, I Ryan, actually have a story. Yours? I have a okay. story,
0: actually, as to why I picked the Jets, but I'll save it for
3: another time. <laughs> no, 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 say, say it now. We got a little time right now. All right, three words. Kermit the Frog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was my favorite Muppet. He was the color green. It was my favorite color when I was four years old. The Jets wore green, therefore, that's why I'm a Jets
3: fan. And that's why you love the d- mind of a child. <laughs> There's
0: somebody out there right
2: now that's that's a fan of the New York Jets because Kevin Arnold... Wore a Jets jacket yes, on the one day.
3: Absolutely.
2: Year. I guarantee you there's somebody out there that exists like that because I know plenty of Dolphins fans that are only Dolphins fans because of Ace Ventura.
3: I'm not. That's, I mean, that's probably valid as well.
4: That's a good reason. I'm not a Jets fan, but to fit in with you guys, I live just down the road from Chad Pennington. So, uh, you know, we, I fit in tonight at least. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. So, Chris, it's, it's Friday, plus. boys. I'm having a great weekend already.
3: That, that, that's what it's all about. We're all here to have a great weekend and entertain while not to brag, to good draft and get happy about this.
2: Not, not to brag, but I got promoted today, too. So, hey, hey, Jay, hey, draft. yesterday, I got promoted today. I'm having a great weekend.
4: Awesome. <laughs> Just for
3: Nick. Congratulations. All right, Chris, the Bucks are on the clock. There's a lot of different directions they can go. This is a team that's competing for the Super Bowl, the NFC. Might be one of the worst conferences we've seen in a long, long time in the NFL. It's pretty much them and the Rams. Everyone else is pretty much second best when it comes to that tier. So what do they need to do here to give themselves the edge over the Rams?
1: I think you're looking you know, clearly at one or two positions. You're looking defensively, in my opinion. You're looking at a pass rusher, maybe replace Pierre Paul, or you're looking for some secondary help. We saw that team, you know, they brought back Davis, but that team has really issues last year with the injuries that they kind of had. Um, definitely need to kind of continue to upgrade the secondary. You talk about facing the ramps. The Rams are lo- locked to load at the receiver core. So I think that if you look at what they, they could do is adding their corners at Arsenal.
3: Hard to disagree with that. And there's some decent corners still on the board, a la Andrew Booth, who I think would fit that system very well there with Todd Bowles as the new head coach. As we all know, Byron Leftwich will still be running the offense. Chris Godwin's trying to come back from a serious injury do we think they go another receiver just to be like, Hey Brady, give give you this. They haven't locked down the Gronk is definitively coming back to this point. So there may be a question of, do they need another weapon? What do you think, Ryan?
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a question that could be, uh, that you could use another weapon. Uh, one of the names out there I just uh, I just read about was Sky Moore. He's available. George Pickens is available. I won't be surprised if they pick a wide receiver, especially with uh, I mean, George Pickens is coming back from an ACL injury. But so is uh, so is Williams from Alabama, and it's not like it was twenty years ago where a torn ACL was a was a death sentence. Now it's you're back within a, a matter of a matter of months. So I can definitely see the I can definitely see the, the the Buccaneers picking quarterback uh, wide receiver excuse me I can also kind of see him picking a depth at, uh, uh, at offensive line uh, as as well uh, to to replace Ali Marpet so it'd be it'd be uh, I'll be intrigued to see what Bruce Arians does in his new role as the uh, general manager slash president
1: Brian do you think Jack Mason's not that answer for that that replacement
0: could be could be. I mean the the two the two names that stuck my, uh, just kind of came out to me were Pickens and Moore because they were I, I'm looking at SI's best available draft board and those were the two that were out there. Christian Watson's also a possible uh, uh, possible take at uh, 33.
3: Yeah, I mean there's different directions that they could definitely go. Again, this is a Super Bowl competing team. They traded out of the first round last night. If they went offensive line which I do think is a possibility because they are going to be aging out. I don't know if they do it this early. Uh, the top center I have would be Donovan West, but I have a third-round grade on him at the highest. If you're looking for somebody to be able to replace Jensen, we think in a year or two he might retire. He almost moved on this year. They were able to bring him back. But really, to me, the Bucks are in a situation where they have to focus on defense. Todd Ball is taking over as a head coach. The one thing they got caught by last year – was that he wants to blitz, but they didn't have the corners, especially when they got injured. They're bringing Richard Sherman and every other Joe Schmo off the street they could possibly find to stick back there in the secondary. It's hard for me to believe that's not the direction that they would go in. But what's your assessment, Nick?
2: Um, honestly, I I do think they need another wide receiver after losing Antonio Brown in the Jets game, and uh, actually being held down there. That was honestly that was a shocker to me being held down by that Jets defense, which was not good, has very minimal pass rush and all that stuff. I feel like the Bucs were a
3: little distracted on the sideline that day. (laughs) Uh,
2: But uh, they might want to look for some more uh, offensive line help because the Jets' pass rush last year was not all that great. Their defensive backs were extremely inexperienced, and somehow, some way, Tom Brady couldn't get the ball downrange against the lowly New York Jets. So uh, I think they need help on both sides. Cornerback is definitely not uh, a bad place to start. Um, and then maybe not in this round, but I was thinking about further down the the trough a little bit was, uh, do they look for a possible backup to Brady at some point or are they gonna stick with Trask uh, to be the future of their franchise because right now it's it's kind of up in the air. I mean, Brady almost quit this year. yeah, so, I mean,
3: that's a valid that's a valid point as well. I don't, yeah, I would I'm with you where I would think if they're going to do that, I'd rather do it their late second round pick, maybe the third round pick even. Considering what the talent is on this year's draft class, but uh, I don't think that would not be out of their thought process. Uh, I got people. Trying they we're Lefkowitz. supposedly high on Willis
1: going coming into this draft, so I mean, with him still being on the board, them trading back yesterday, it could be definitely. as a great Willis would very
3: much surprise me because he does not fit what Brian Leftwich does as far as being an offensive coordinator uh, in the system that they're going to try to run. And being that Todd bolts the head coach, make no mistake about it, Brian Leftwich does has full control. Over calling that offense along with Tom Brady moving in here. Well, let's, let's move on to the Bucs. So, next up, we have the Vikings. That After their trade they made with the Lions yesterday, let's the Lions get to moved a
4: watch up. Available presented by Upwork, the world.
3: I'm not sure that was. Uh, the Lions went up and got Jameson Williams. And as a result of that, the Vikings picked up their 32nd pick and this 34th pick. Now, they drafted Louis Sign to safety last night. Do they stick with the defensive side of the ball or do they try to go and get a wide receiver? It's something I think they need. I think they could use another field stretch on their side. Adam Thielen starting to age out. Justin Jefferson is better when he's able to be used inside, outside. Is it time for, let's say, Alec Pierce to come off the board? What do you think, Vince?
4: I'm not a huge Pierce guy personally. Um, and I don't know that Minnesota makes sense for them to go receiver at this point either. Uh, because if you're looking at Minnesota, they're a competitive team this year. Uh, Green Bay, whatever they do at wide receiver, they're not going to be as dynamic as they were last year offensively. Um, so this Builders is kind of wide
3: receiver's question.
4: Yeah, Minnesota's <laughs> got an opportunity to make a run at the division this year with a stellar offense that they do have. They got to continue to build. I was surprised that they passed on Hamilton, uh, but getting seen makes sense that they're at the, the later rounds. Cornerback is a desperate need yeah. for Minnesota. They are, They're just weak there. And uh, I would be floored if they didn't go cornerback here, Uh, depending on what Tampa does and depending on where they have them. I like, uh, is it Gordon from Washington, Kyler Gordon from Washington? Uh, But I like Andrew Booth. I have Andrew Booth ranked ahead of Gordon. Uh, But Tampa, I mean, if they go go Booth or Gordon, maybe Minnesota goes another corner. Um, Tight end is always kind of an option there, too, if you look to boost your offense a little bit, depending on how well you have McBride up there. It's always an option here at the top of the second two. So Minnesota, I think they go defense. I think that's their biggest need right now. Zimmer, as, as big as a defensive coach as he was, um, the coverage a little bare there. There's older players and and just the opportunity to reload there for the Minnesota defense.
3: I tend to agree. With you. I think Kyler Gordon would actually fit them really well. They need a slot guy who also plays a little bit of zone. Uh, that would be a nice fit if Booth is not there. Booth needs to be the guy if he's going, but – I don't know. I have a feeling this is going to be the Bucs pick here. We're still waiting to see what they want to do. The pick is not in as of yet. What Tampa we doesn't
1: –
4: Sorry. Uh, Tampa, I think they make sense. That corner, obviously, you guys have talked about that. But I like those edge rushers. David Ojabo at uh, Michigan, and I'm a big Boye Mafe guy as well at Minnesota. And Tampa just seems in the last couple of years, they've done really well with just strengthening the team. They've not really gone for need – They've gone for best player on the board. And so I think you can expect to see that still with them this year as well. So Minnesota, you know, I, what's there for them is going to be the question. Hopefully they're smart enough to have two guys ready ready to go for whenever the pick comes.
3: I would think they would at this point. I'll throw another guy out there. He's not an edge rusher, but Trevor Jones, the inside defensive tackle, defensive tackle also in need for Tampa Bay heading into this draft. I mean, what do you think about that, Chris? Is they should go edge rusher or go the nose tackle?
1: Uh, Shavus Jones is definitely one of my higher guys. There's a lot of talk about him, you know, pairing up with, with Vita V inside and basically locking down the run. They lost one of their top run stoppers last year to free agency. Um, so it's not a bad move. I will also with the Rockford, you know, from Minnesota, I think you look at defensive pressure for them as well. They don't really have a lot of pressure outside of Hunter. They could definitely, like, we talked about, you know, keeping a guy close. Boski, I mean, sorry, um, Bove, the guy from Minnesota, I think it might be playing really close to his backyard, possibly. he He's a great fit for that team. Um, and then I also think you look off the line. They didn't renew Alex Lindstrom to center's contract, but not huge on some of their guards. So they could also look interior as well off the line.
3: Let's talk about Tennessee real quick, because they're going to be the third pick here in the second round. And they're an interesting team to talk about now after last night's trade, obviously. So they draft Traylon Burks in the first round to try to replace A.J. Brown. So basically, but, you know, best case scenario for them, They hit the reset button. We're back to, okay, what does Tennessee actually need to kick off the thing to begin with? So what's your take, Nick? If you're Tennessee, what are you doing to try to improve that team with their pick? Jeez, uh, honestly, I
2: don't feel like they've gotten better at all in the offseason. I don't think Traylon Burks, even if he does become A.J. Brown, he isn't him today, and he probably won't be him this season moving into the NFL, learning a new system, learning a new team, new city, and all that other stuff that goes along with moving into the bigs. Um, And then I'm looking around and I'm going, all right, so they're going to rely on the running game all season. And uh, we know how that lasted for them last year. And they still have Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. So I'm not entirely sure. I mean, what Tennessee is really banking on, I guess they're banking on being in a weak division again. You know, because they they did go into the playoffs last year with the – Best record in football, but I mean, what did it get them? Yeah, an early well, exit.
3: they were also very banged up when they head into the postseason, but now they don't even have some of those players they had a year ago to go off a of year point. If I'm if I'm Tennessee, you I think you have to be looking at an Ojabu. I think he fits what uh John blank on his name, what Mike Vrabel would like to be mm-hmm. able to do on defense, because he is that type of defensive end. First of all, he got overshadowed having to play under Hutchinson. Number one, he was highly productive himself, and I think he's somebody who could play in that wide nine, that glorified linebacker, wide out defensive end. He's that type of guy, in my estimation. That's the direction I would go. What do you think, Chris?
1: I mean, I don't hate it. The only problem I have is they just signed Brad Dupree to a big contract last year. They still have Landry, they're learning his contract as well.
3: As I'm trying to find his graphic here on the board, but Logan Hall comes off the board for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they go with an inside three-technique
1: penetrator
3: to match up with Vita Vay. Let's get the reactions, Chris. We'll go to you because we had to cut you off.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great pick for them. I think this is going to be a, a guy they're going to have in their interior playing the 3-4 end basically for them. Um, a guy they could definitely disrupt or he can get the field. Uh, a guy that's going to be able to, to cause penetration and get a lot of single coverage, with you know as well with Vita Bay next day.
3: That didn't take long. We got our first trade. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers are on the board. The Vikings traded pick 34. The Packers traded picks 53 and 59 to move up. Could it Good be Lord. for a weapon? Jack Chris and Vince. They're going, they're going defense. It's,
4: it's got yeah, to They're going it's defense. Gotta, Go ahead, it's got to be a quarterback, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> uh, they trade with the Vikings. Which, is surprising to me in the in the division. uh um, so yeah.
0: yeah, What are the Vikings doing? They trade with both two of their rivals in their in the division. I saw the
2: same thing yesterday. I was like,
0: did they, they trade the with the Lions yesterday? They traded the Lions yesterday too. That's why they picked up Williams
2: they're letting Green Bay sink
1: themselves. They're like, go ahead, keep doing it. Keep kicking guys. Don't, Green take. Bay,
4: uh, the GM said last night, you know, and, and Rogers was talking too. I mean, the mindset is, is they know they got to get somebody. And from everything that good was saying last night is they were going to make their move to get the guy they wanted. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're going up for a receiver here. Green Bay has never cared what anybody else thought. <laughs> and they're going to do what they think is best for the team. Uh, I've got to think it's a receiver though. I mean, at this point, They're trying to appease Rodgers, you know, but who is it? I love George Pickens, Um, even though he's got injury concerns. He's the guy that I kind of liked in the second round. Don't think I like him at this pick in the second round. So hopefully it's not him. Um, But they had all night to figure out who they wanted in this draft and here in in day two. And they're going to go up and get whoever that is.
3: All hey, night catch- to figure it out and all night of catching crap pretty much from everybody under the sun about them being the one team that did not move up with the draft capital they had to get the receiver that they wanted. Chris, what were you going to say?
1: I just had a quick question for the panel and their the, opinion about George Pickens. There's a lot of talk about him, him coming off major injury. He did play last year. He did play. So I'm kind of curious that he didn't play well last year, but he did play. Um and that's kind of where I'm kind of curious to see Do people think it's because he's going to have more time to recover that he'll be this explosive guy that he was a couple of years ago. Or did the tape basically, to me, kind of showed you that he might not be this, that guy again? And we're kind of hoping for something that might not materialize.
3: Well, Hope I'll, is, I'll hop on that point real quick. It's just George Pickens has not been productive since his freshman year. And it's not just because of injury. But go ahead, Vince.
4: I mean, Derek Stingley hasn't been productive either. Um, but he's not Derek Stingley, also. <laughs> I'm going to be careful to over compare there. I think it's hope. I think you said the right word, Chris. It's hope. You you saw what he could be, and you're hoping that it's still in there, and that your coaching staff can get it out of him.
0: I don't disagree with that. I think I think it is banking on him to heal up and then be available maybe later in the year uh, to make an impact, either make an impact or just get some reps in and just make some sort of difference for the for the, uh, for the for the for whoever picks them.
3: I love that we get these trades in. They say the pick is in, and they take forever to announce the pick so ironically (laughs) enough yesterday you were about 30
2: seconds ahead of the of my nfl network i've already got the pick oh i got i got it
5: now okay
3: oh with the freak of nature and christian watson they trade up to get that guy six foot four two eight out of north dakota uh i had him going in the third round i look don't get me wrong great speed size combination this guy is going to have big plays written all over him but he is a bit of a raw guy who played against lesser competition vince you're the packer fan on the panel so i want to get your reaction first
4: yeah i wasn't a huge christian watson guy but my dad again a minority owner of the green bay packers is a big fan of christian watson he's going to be incredibly incredibly excited about this he's he seems to be more of the replacement for mark bezvada scantling than for Devonte adams he has that same kind of you know, stretch the field possibilities, get behind guys. Um, my deal with with MVS was he couldn't catch the ball. And so hopefully Watson can, can catch the ball better than him. Any receiver with Aaron Rodgers is going to have an opportunity to be really, really good. Um, so as long as he can gain, gain the trust of Rodgers early, it's going to benefit both of them. So I, again, I, I have a little bit of optimism here, but he, he's not my favorite receiver at, at this point.
3: Well, Chris, let's flip this on the other side. Let's forget about the Packers' impact for a minute and talk about it from a fantasy football standpoint. Christian Watson comes in. There's, They have Sammy Watkins and not a whole lot else. There's a, a real pathway here that Watson, now his dynasty value just shot through the roof. You're going to be going up with Aaron Rodgers, and you could arguably be the number one target on this team, especially with the number one deep threat too. But what do you think about Watson's fantasy value now?
1: I think it has to be something you're definitely keeping on your radar not only is he gonna be a deep threat he's probably their best red zone guy outside of tanya tanya moving on right now so when you look at who's going to be that guy to look for in the red zone he probably could be that guy with a four body um i'm not as high on him going this high but i do think that one thing that people kind of knocked him for was you know him, him being a, not a great route runner and kind of really raw he didn't they put up a lot in his school before he played but when he went to the uh, senior goal, he did shine really well, and he impressed a lot of people with his ability to get off coverage and get some of these top corners that were traded up for um, and people really liked. So he was able to kind of get separation from his guys. He was able to show his, he had a good route running tree. Um, I think he's a little raw, so I think you're going to kind of, you know, your temporary expectations where he's not going to come out there and be Jamar Chase, you know, week one or anything like that. Where <laughs>
3: They are not on the board yet, but the Giants did just trade their pick thirty-six to the Jets. The Jets traded pick thirty-eight and one forty-six. So, Trader Joe's is spots.
0: always open. Trader Joe's is always open. Basically, they swap
3: around two spots there. So, you're still going to the Jets and Giants picks within this segment. Chris, finish your thought there. Yeah. So, as like
1: I said, this is a guy that's going to be come out I'm sure I Don't finish your here? thought.
3: <laughs> the, the, the Titans-selected cornerback, Roger McCurry. He is off the board now getting his graphic up here. So they do go corner. They go back to the secondary. That's something they've addressed now for the past couple of seasons. So, Chris, I'm going to let you actually finish the thought here. Give me your reaction to Roger McCurry.
1: A good player. a lot of McDuffie in a lot of ways. I know people were hiring McDuffie than I necessarily, but this guy's a very good player. He's great, has great technique. Um, he's going a guy that coaches really have really good, Gravitated towards during the whole scouting process because he does what he's told to do. He's kind of, you know, a decent ball skills a little bit. I think he's going to, be a guy who's going to have a whole lot of turnovers in his career, but a guy who can be definitely serviceable for you. Kind of reminds me of the guy Nelson played for the Eagles last year um, and a guy who's going to be somebody who's, you know, a solid for probably for the next eight to seven, ten years.
3: All right. So the Jets will be on the clock momentarily after moving up with the Giants to pick 36. All right, Jets fans, let's start with Nick. Dick, what do they think you traded up for just now?
2: N'Kobe Dean. I think the Jets just traded up to get N'Kobe Dean um, because uh, with yesterday getting Double J yesterday, I think that moves uh, JFM to the inside. He'll play more inside technique with Quinn and Williams, and they'll bookend those guys with uh, Carl Lawson and Double J. Um, they picked up a corner yesterday. The only other option I can see them possibly going for, but this is kind of high for it, would be Brees Hall um i know they like tevin coleman a lot though so that would take reps away from him he did a good job for us down the stretch well michael carter. carter was injured uh well well I, whoever they pick up is going to be a backup to michael carter he's going to get the the bulk of the of the carries there and i don't think they're going to pick up uh somebody that's not going to start on day one in in the second this early in the second round especially after trading up i think no dean though injured uh slightly he's an upgrade to our current linebackers i'm a huge florida state fan but i don't think hams and dean is in a position to move up and, and play that linebacker position at a full time and I, I honestly would consider oh moving him God. back.
3: I can't believe it. They went Brees Hall. The Jets wow. moved up and took Brees Hall. Man. And that that is a shock to me. So go ahead Nick, finish your thought. What were you saying?
2: I, I that was my that was my second guy. I was like, all right, Nakoby Deem they got Brees Hall. I, I guess I I think honestly they just do this on purpose to confuse people. Last year, it was 25 Michael Carters and 11 Elijahs. This year, it's going to be Brees Hall, Bryce Huff, and Bryce Hall.
3: (laughs) Ryan, come on, man. What's your reaction? They go straight up, get a running back. They've had four picks now in the last 35, 36 picks overall. This time, they're going with a running back after they kind of addressed the issue, both in the offseason and last year's draft.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if this is a depth thing. Uh, with Tevin Coleman being signed of the one year contract one year one mil contract. He'll be there for next year. But I think this is a this is a death pick. Uh, I'm I would have been happier with N'Kobe Dean or even Travis Jones. I would have liked to have him as a run stuffer in that in the middle of that defense. Um but yeah, this is definitely for depth I, I believe uh, I had the, I had I had him going running back later in the draft, but I didn't think it was going to be this soon. They must have saw something in him that they really really liked, and that could fit in uh, in Mike LaFleur's offense. So uh, I think this is mostly a draft. Uh, well, I'll this say is mostly right now- a uh, a depth move.
3: Well, he had a depth move. This is, this is your starting running back moving forward. That, that, that's, it's not a depth move as far as as far as that concerned. If anything, the depth is now going to be Michael Carter. You don't move up to the high end second round, take the number one running back off of everybody's board for him to be the backup. The question I'm going to have now, and I'm going to talk with Chris about this, this is while the, the system is the correct fit for Brees Hall, the zone system, I hate this for so many different reasons, especially starting with the fact that I love Michael Carter, number one, so now all of a sudden he's going to get, you know, trashed and go down, the he's basically a handcuff now at this point because Brees Hall's a three-down back and one thing that we talked about in our show is a lot of leading up, he's a three-down running back, he's a rookie running back who's going to play right away because he can actually pass protect for a rookie running back, which is number one key that you have to be able to do to get on the field, so what what's your fantasy value take, he was my one-on-one in Dynasty now I'm going to have to question it
6: yeah, you know I'm
1: a Michael Carter fan. I love Michael Carter. This is my my, my biggest fear coming into this draft, in a sense, was that Brees Hall would run up a Jet. You know, as Nick was kind of talking about Brees Hall and people were kind of blowing it off, I kept thinking to myself, why? This makes all of the sense in the world in a sense. The Jets are emulating the 49ers. They took Trey Sermon last year and didn't necessarily use them, But also the Packers took Aaron Jones, had Aaron Jones, and still took A.J. Dillon in the second round. So when we look at the kind of the tree under the Shanahan system, this seems to be what they think they need to do. I don't think it's a depth move that he talked about. I think he's definitely here to play. Um, I hate it for Michael Carter's purposes moving forward. My question is going to be, will they kind of commit to a a role for these guys where, you know, Michael Carter be a guy that they kind of use in the key situations like AJ Dillon in a different way. AJ Dillon's being more the physical guy, but he had a clear role for Green Bay. Or is it going to be, you know, Brees Hall and we will throw you in here once in a while? So that's where I think you're going to kind of pay attention to coming out of, you know, camp. Is there kind of splitting carries in the backfield? Is there going to be actually be a tandem? We did see last year that they did really want to have a tandem as much as possible, even three running backs a lot of times. Um, I think Tevin Coleman, I'm sorry, Nick, I didn't watch the same thing you watched last year. I think Tevin Coleman's done, has been done for the last <laughs> few years. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely an upgrade. He's definitely an upgrade over Johnson. But they were playing Ty Johnson. They were playing pierine They were playing Tevin Coleman. They are playing any guy they could with Michael Carter as much as they could. So this, to me, doesn't surprise me. It does suck NSC
3: wise though. Yeah, uh, it makes me me sad for Brees Hall because I can't necessarily trust he's going to get more than 15 touches because we go back to that system. The lead running back doesn't usually get more than 15 touches in the game. And Brees Hall, the one thing about him coming into this, again, being a three-down back, he has the build to be a workhorse. That was going to be his big top role. And I'm just sad to see that he might not be in that kind of situation. But does this make – The Jets better from a football standpoint, Vince.
4: I think it does. I think, again, just like Chris mentioned, if you look at what Green Bay's done with Dylan and Jones, same system.
3: The Giants apparently just want to keep trading on back. They just traded their pick 38 and back to the Falcons. The Falcons just moved up. They gave up their pick 43 and 114 to move up five spots to take that Giants pick. So we'll have the Falcons there at 38. But Vince, go ahead and finish your thought. Uh,
4: Maybe Malik Willis going off the board soon. Um, I I think I like what the Jets are doing. I love the Jets draft so far. I think it's a good overall thing. I have Carter in a dynasty league, so that hurts. Um, But uh, outside, and I chose, I went with him over Williams and Denver uh, as my selection for that pick. So, that one hurts hurts definitely. But as a if I'm not a Jets fan, you guys are, but I think it's a positive thing for real football for the Jets.
3: I tend to agree with that. I mean, it's you you need help on that offense in general. You need stability. And for that offense to work, the running game has to work. And yep. while I love Michael Carter, that offensive line has been suspect for some time, especially when he gets injured, which has been doing a lot of over the past couple of years. You need a guy like Brees Hall who is powerful enough to sometimes just stick his head down and pick up three yards by falling forward because he can just to keep the chains moving a little bit. I think that's something he'll be able to do. Uh, The pick is in for the Houston Texans, though. And it is the cornerback, Jalen Petrie. Trying to pull him up here. Here we go. He's off the board. Uh, This is a guy... Coming in was revered as a tweener type guy, a nickel corner, a safety. He doesn't have the ball skills of somebody who he's been compared to, which is Antoine Winfield. He doesn't have the same type of ball skills in that sense, but he can do a little bit of both. So here he comes off with the Houston Texans. I think he's definitely a Lovey Smith pick. Where are you at with him, Ryan?
0: Yeah, he's <clears throat> yeah, he's definitely a Lovey Smith pick. I think Lovey Smith is trying to do as much as he can with this for this defense, uh, and. Having more help in the secondary always helps against, especially against uh, quarterbacks like, uh, like Matt Ryan or and uh, playing playing the AFC altogether. Altogether, you got all those receivers out there. So, you know, I think this, any any kind of depth helps for the Texans at secondary, and this, this definitely for sure is a Lovey Smith pick. But I'm not, I'm not. It's, it's not a bad pick. And he gets to stay home in Texas, so hey, good on, good on him. I just.
3: This was, this was a situation I think they still needed to get their premier corners in order. And I don't know if they're really in a situation to be going after cute tweener guys, which is what I think Petrie is at the end of the day. But I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I,
1: I don't see the same kind of thing. I actually don't. I think he's more of a cover corner. And this is kind of surprising to me because so is Stingley. And these are two guys that don't really match the system necessarily for a cover two, cover three a defensive coordinator in Olivia Smith. So I'm kind of curious because – Neither guy neither guy shows you great film tackling. Um and that's where you're gonna to need to kind of be good at usually playing this kind of defense. So I'm it's a little bit odd. Definitely guys who are better, you know, than they had for sure. Definitely guys who kind of shut you down and people talk about the division, and the receivers you have to face. I think it's definitely an upgrade, but I'm kinda of surprised because it doesn't necessarily fit my belief of their system kinda of is that they have in place right now.
3: I agree with that. He's not a good tackler. He's he's not a great cover two guy. He's willing to do it, but we watch him on tape, he is He doesn't bring his body, doesn't bring his hips through. It's a lot of arm tackling for a guy who's only 198 pounds, which is what makes me surprised when you go with a Lovey Smith system where when you play that cover two, your cornerbacks, they need to tackle. And that's to go to your point, Derek Stingley. That's not his big MO either. He's more of a pure cover corner as well. So interesting to see. Maybe they're looking to run something different. I got to think this is a very obvious pick here for the Atlanta Falcons. I think we're going to see Malik Willis off the board here in just a few moments. I would have to imagine for them trading up to this spot there. But after them comes Chicago, Chicago is going to finally have their first pick of the day. So, Nick, I want you to tell me if you're Chicago, what direction they have to go in finally getting their name on the board.
2: You got to go something offense. You you have to build. And, and my concern with the same thing with the Jets, with having a young quarterback, same thing with Trevor Lawrence, the same thing with Zach Wilson, the same thing with, uh, Justin Fields you have to have something out there for him to go to consistently to take the pressure off his back. So they either either need to build up their offensive line because he was running around a lot last year or they need to get him some assets to throw to or somebody to hand the ball off to on a consistent basis or or check down to because he, he's got to do something far too often last year was he walk around with a loaf of bread in his arm looking for something to do with the football cuz I mean, you, you just can't have that. And and it's not how you build a future for your franchise when you have a brand new young quarterback moving into the league. You have to have a solid foundation for him to rely on. In a copycat
4: league, how is everybody not copying Cincinnati? I mean, they <laughs> went out and got DeMar Chase last year. They have three number one receivers on that team, in my opinion. And Chicago has to get weapons. New York has to get weapons for these young quarterbacks. It's got to happen. I don't know if there's a weapon here for Chicago, though. Um, that's going to be that. I mean, whoever they if they draft a receiver now, they'll be better than their current receiver group, which is EQ St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle. I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't feel Jacksonville did enough for uh, for Trevor Lawrence either. Uh, yeah. they, they they signed a lot of mid receivers to big contracts, and I'm just sitting there going, really good that that guy. He is not worth that.
3: Christian Kirk is the truth, man. At least that's what his contract says, anyway. <laughs> Jeez. $20 dollars for a mid-level guy.
2: All I know is that that Trent balky just ruined every team. He ruined the 49ers, the uh the Titans and uh and a few other teams that their quarterback their wide receivers are looking for max deals now like bigger than 50, you know, 25, 35, 45 million dollars a year. Yeah,
0: All who knew the Jeff
3: Balky gave that contract out?
0: Yeah, who knew the wide receiver market was going to be reset by Christian Kirk?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's the one who's ruining everything because now all these guys look and say, like, well, if he got twenty million dollars, why shouldn't I get thirty million dollars? And again, that goes back to that's I think that's gonna be the big historic moment now for the NFL. You have to get these wow. wide receivers, they think you're gonna be your number one guys right there at that contract level. Otherwise, you get left out of it. And that's that's plain and simple. That's what that's what's that's what's so insane about it. Oh, Atlanta's pick is spicy. Yeah. I love that they took forever too. They have like like fifty thousand people to make this like selection and call out the name for us and everything <laughs> like that. It's absolutely insane. I don't even know, so who, this. They know who this is. Ever-Ketty. So they go defensive end. I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna pick Malik Willis for sure. But they go. I want the to edge say here. he
2: was. I want to say he was like seventh on the pat on the edge rusher uh, list. Something like that. Somewhere after Mafé, which I'm surprised he went before him.
4: I love Evakiti. I, I think uh, yeah, I he's know. lower on the rankings, but he's one of those guys that whoever got him, I think was going to come out with a really solid player. Uh, I, I love what he can bring to this team. Little surprise. They trade up for him, <laughs> but I like the player.
3: Yeah, sneaky pick for sure. So here's my analysis that I have on Abikiti. I know I'm butchering that name, but forgive me for that one. So the one thing I do like about him quite a bit is that for a guy coming out of college, and this seems to be an issue for a lot of guys, he actually has a couple of pass moves in his repertoire to be able to go to. There's not as much development on that side of it. Like a lot of these guys come out, which they just kind of, they rely on their raw athletic ability and don't have fine-tuned actual moves that you need to be able to be successful at the NFL level. However, on the other side of that, this guy, you run at him, it's all over. And it's like they wanted to take a replacement for Vic Beasley. This does not help them at all because you can neutralize him too easily. He has to get stronger to lower half of his body because he's a guy that is a candidate to get chipped by a tight end. Too many times he get washed inside when that happens. I don't like this pick. I don't think he should have belonged any higher than the late third round. I don't know. That's just me. What do you think, Chris?
1: Um, I think it's kind of pick pick, you know, what your preference is when it's some of the defensive ends. I know my face is on the board, but I think this guy kind of reminds me of a guy that can basically do a little bit of everything, talk about the edge rush that you're looking for, a guy that definitely can get off the edge, has multiple moves. It's not a guy that I just I think you needed to reach for, but I think does have a, a – potential you know spotboard the guy be productive in this you know in this, in this team because the guy could easily get double digit touch double digit sacks i should say um I, I agree with vince this is a guy that i definitely like to take more i think he has room to continue to grow but he run a lot of ojobu uh, the guy from michigan I your that name too um but i think that you look at the guy you know from michigan they have a lot of similar skill sets in some ways now i think the michigan kid was definitely better against the run to your point but i think this guy's healthy and he can play right now so i think it's probably what you're looking at
3: The Bears didn't waste too much time with their pick. They are taking Kyler Gordon. But with that, i got to kick you guys off here and get our next round of guests in. So, Ryan, tell everybody where to follow you at. What do you got coming up next on your show?
0: All right. So, uh, personally for me, I am at whoisryanmcc on Twitter. You can follow me there. My podcast, no credentials required. Uh, didn't have an episode this week because all the draft stuff I'm doing. But uh, next week I might do a thing about doing a uh, Jets – roundup for the uh, draft so stay tuned for that might have my buddies kyle and dan back to talk jets and nick if you want to come on the pod too you're more than welcome to buddy
2: we'll talk we'll talk
3: buddy. All right, definitely nick where we can follow you at bud
0: um with a scoreboard addicts
2: podcast you can find me with my buddies rook and, and tj and our intern, stat guy sal on wednesdays uh usually about nine o'clock we go live on youtube you catch us on belly up sports network or, or uh on tuesdays and on saturdays um and at uh twitter and tiktok with uh at score addicts pod um and we also have uh some great things like uh wwe trivia on wednesdays and we also do does gen z know with our intern where uh us millennials ask the gen z if he knows anything about the 90s and 80s
3: all right i love it i love it and vince where can we follow you and what do you have coming up next
4: yeah, social media at Sports Stove, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Sports Stove Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes drop on uh, Belly Up TV as well. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 a.m., 2 p.m. And then Sunday nights at 8 p.m. live on Belly Up TV, uh, co-host of the Belly Up Fantasy Baseball show, uh, talking all kinds of baseball stuff, too. So, Dan, thanks for and Chris as well. Both of you guys doing a great job. Yeah, thanks, Dan, thanks for letting Chris. us jump
3: on. Thank you, you thank you. Thank you, guys. Up. really appreciate you coming on. Guys, we'll be back. We're going to take a quick break. we got a next few guests coming up for the next five picks. So everybody stay tuned to the NFL draft coverage here with Belly Up Sports and the MD's Fantasy Football Show. <laughs> Do you have trouble waking up in the morning? Well, not anymore because Invader Coffee is here to make you look forward to that morning sunshine. Rated one of the best, smoothest-tasting coffees on the market today. Originating out of Texas, this rare coffee product is able to reach new heights in quality from its air-roasting process, creating coffee beans with the most robust and smooth flavor you will ever find. So make your mornings more enjoyable by going to InvaderCoffee.com and use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your next purchase. Again, that is promo code BELLYUP for 15% off of your Invader Coffee purchase today at invadercoffee.com.
4: You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.
3: All right, we're back, everybody, with the NFL draft covers here with Belly Up Sports and the MD's Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host all evening. Dan Mater joined with Chris Dauhauer. We're still going strong through the first couple of rounds. Joining us now, we have Kevin Wilson, one of our top senior fantasy football writers here at Billy M Sports. And we have Andrew coming back from yesterday with with Divots and Pivots. Uh, We got the next five picks to talk about. Gentlemen, Kevin, you're a Seattle fan. You guys are now on the clock. What are you feeling, man?
6: You know, I, Dan, I couldn't think this draft could work out any better for the Seahawks because, you know, they didn't take the quarterback in the first round. I was absolutely petrified that's what they were going to do. They did not do that. And now they've got the next two picks. And so Malik Willis is coming to Seattle. You can bank that right now.
3: <laughs> I thought that's why Atlanta was trading up to go get him, but no. And so they trade up for a defensive end that kind of all had all of us kind of stunned that they needed to trade up for that particular defensive end instead so yeah you guys might get your wish now in just a moment Andrew how are you feeling today
5: I'm good I've recovered from the the fallout <laughs> of the Patriots just buff- buffoonery last night uh they they have an opportunity to salvage it here today though we'll see what they do but I just want to know are you going to
3: get that. a picture of Sean McVay laughing in the background on your that social was- media. <laughs> That's all I want to know.
5: We, we wasted our time studying him, thinking we could get him at 109. Like that—that sh- that should be like the memoir title of Bill Belichick, right there. Like that—he just messes every, it makes no sense and messes everyone up.
3: All right, Kevin. Well, I know you want one of these picks to be Malik Willis, but you have, like you said, you have two right now. So what's the right. other option that you would want them to attack?
6: Well, they've addressed the offensive line. If they go Malik Willis, their other big weakness is cornerback. Which I've got uh, uh, Andrew Booth out of Clemson at the top of my draft board as far as cornerbacks are concerned. Uh, if they don't do that, then they got uh, Joaquin Brisker, I believe that's how you pronounce that, out of yeah. Penn State. And so they, I know the Seahawks have been known to you know take these names from you know Clear Blue Sky, like but uh, they definitely need to address their secondary. So one of these two picks have to be one of those guys.
3: Well, Booth, that's a name that we've been talking about quite a bit on this show throughout the entire conference. I like him a
6: lot. I'm surprised he's not off the board already. Going back to yesterday,
3: I thought this was somebody that was going to go in the late first round potentially, <laughs> where he's still sitting out there. And that, that's what's shocking to me. What do you, what do you think? Why, why is Booth falling, Chris?
1: I, I think that one of the questions coming out of his is some of his technique. The guy can be a little stiff, doesn't turn his hips the greatest. Kind of a system fit in some ways. Probably a better surfer to play in his own than he is man-to-man. So I think when you're kind of looking at a guy that has some, you know, some questions. Uh, I'm a little surprised. Some, some other guys who've gone over him, but Kyle Ward, for example, is a guy who's an athletic freak, um, a guy who's still has his best, you know, potential ahead of him in some ways. Booth, I think, is the guy who a lot of people expected to be better than he was this year. He's probably kind of suffering from that hype at the beginning this season and not kind of necessarily matching it. Sometimes that happens to some players. You see that where the guys, you know, become values in a sense because guys hyped them. They don't have that great senior season or great junior year. And then they still are good players, so he could still be a guy who could definitely you know recover in the right spot.
3: I'll say this about Booth and talk about him in Seattle. To me, I had him in my analysis pegged as the perfect cover three type of corner. So he definitely would fit what Seattle would like to do. We're still waiting on the official word for this next pick here. After Seattle's done going the next two times, comes the Indianapolis Colts. This will be their first pick of the draft. Another team that, frankly, could use a wide receiver on the outside, especially a speedster-type guy. So, Chris, I'm going to go back to you on this one. Is that the direction they should go, or should they look elsewhere?
1: I'll go two other places. I would love them to take a receiver because they absolutely need it, but I also think they need a tight end. I uh, like McBride, we talked about where he can kind of go. I think he'd be a classic fit for their offense, and will really it be Matt Ryan's kind of best friend as a security blanket? And I'll throw one more out there. My boy's still on the board, the Fioli. This team really struggled with the left tackle position in the last couple of years. Um, and this is could be a guy who'd be that kind of cornerstone. We know that the Colts have built through off the offensive line you know previous, and this could be a guy I think just be the kind of icing on the cake if they were actually to take him.
3: So the Seahawks go pass rusher, Boy Mafe off the board, going with the back of that defensive end. A good pick. This is somebody who I had in the late first round, early second round territories about where he was going anyway. And he's a solid edge rusher. They do need pass rush amongst many other things. As they continue to rebuild. Uh, I wonder. I wonder now though, is it is it going to be, is it going to be Malik Willis if they decided not to take him here? Not that it matters, just on the board. But maybe not if they decide not to get him with the first of their second round picks. I don't know. What do you think, Kevin?
6: Well, I've got. Uh, I had him as as number two on my board as far as a uh, defensive lineman. I've got Travis Jones over him but uh I don't see that as being a big need for the Seahawks. so that to me is a reach right here and uh so I guess I'll be you know maybe I'll go yay later on but uh, right now I am not cheering for this pick at all
3: is anybody gonna help out Kevin feel better about this pick
1: I think you should <laughs> Kevin I think that you know you talked about that necessarily need Seattle's definitely not had the same kind of pressure up front that they've had them, you know when they were actually really one of the legit top defenses. They've got different guys they throw them out there. They kind of manufacture a pass rush, but they don't have a guy that's kind of the stud. This guy's definitely a hustler. He's gonna give it all the effort. Definitely gonna be a good edge rusher. Now, I, my question would be can he stop the run? That's kind of why I would see him as an edge rusher, because I don't think he's really good against the running for right at this guy. But in this system, he does fit the kind of heat he can kind of line, you know, play that hybrid end slash uh, line, outside linebacker position and kind of be that pass rusher guy. So I do think there's something they could definitely upgrade. One of the better ways you can help cover is when you get pass
6: rush. All right, Chris, I'll take your word for that because you know, at least he's somebody I had on my board. So at least we got that going
1: on. Wait
3: for confirmation, I, I, but I, I think the pick is this. They're not going quarterback. They are going back to the running back. They are taking <laughs> Kenneth Walker, Seattle. So we need all the running backs. We need Rashad Penny. I mean, look, this is clearly in case Chris Carson, or I can't even say in case now. It doesn't really matter if Chris Carson comes back at this point. You just spent a high second-round pick on a running back, and they said, I want Drew Locke, and I want Geno Smith, and that's going to be my quarterback competition. Darn it, Pete Carroll and his old man ways.
6: That's fantastic. Kevin, do we need to
5: send help to your to your house, man?
3: Yeah, you know,
6: you might want to send out a couple. I'm um, shooting at my flare right Kevin's now. Face just there goes the at that pick like, <laughs> What?
5: What? <laughs> so, look, I'm not surprised I, they, they went running back here because I thought this was going to be a spot where Brees Hall was going to fall to them after the way the first round rolled out. So I thought they were going to go running. I'm not surprised they went running back. But after they did it, Malik Willis was there. I am more shocked now that they didn't take him with one of those two picks. Well, Malik
6: Willis. Maybe I mean, there's something going right on right with too. Malik Willis that none of us realize yeah. because no one's taking him.
3: Bo Callahan, Bo Callahan is flying down the board, flying down the board. <laughs> I just think it's interesting going with Ken Walker. I mean, if, you, if it wasn't an indication that Seattle was going to be like 75% run before this pick,
6: <laughs> it no, definitely no. is now. Yeah, 80%. <laughs> 80,
3: 80, that's right. 80, <laughs> another notch, another 5%. Look, I, I want to talk about Ken Walker, though, because I had Brees Hall as my number one, but I actually had Ken Walker very closely rated – He's not the same type of guy as a Breeze Hall. He's going to have to learn how to pass protect before he gets on the field on a consistent basis. But as far as just pure explosive runners, he was my number one guy when it comes to that in this year's draft class. I really love him as a home run hitter. Rashad Penny, there's no no guarantee you're going to bring him back after this year. Like I said, Chris Carson, a neck injury, there's no guarantee that he can continue to really play football at the same level. We have to see exactly how he's going to come back. So Kenneth Walker, they're making sure they have their running game going because we know that their quarterback situation is going to be hysterical. Chris, you've been shaking your head this entire time. I got to get some, I got to get some comments out of you.
1: I tried to defend the made for, for, for Kevin. Kevin, I have, I don't even know how to rationalize this. Um, yes. Dan, You're absolutely right. This guy's definitely explosive. Uh, you know, a running back. that was definitely second down to board in my book too, as well. A guy that doesn't necessarily wouldn't hate going here is hate going to Seattle with so many holes in the team that they have, even if he didn't take Willis, which I think is the part, reason that they were keeping, you know, that second pick was to kind of see this able to jump up to go get Willis and they were kind of keeping it, you know, can we get some kind of value for this pick if we don't move down. But taking Walker there with all the holes that team has, it just makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. It makes
6: I, no sense to me either, Chris, because they've got needs at big time at cornerback and, uh, you know, Chris Carson, we knew there was something, you know, with his neck, and maybe he would never get to play again. This pretty much confirms that to me. So,
1: well, the, pro- the problem I have is, you know, you also lost Bobby Wagner, so you can be some low linebackers. But mm-hmm. correct, Dan has kind of hit on the nail on the head for me. This guy's not a third down running back, so you're going to have to platoon him with somebody else. So you're basically just saying we wasted our second round pick with a guy we wasted our first round pick on two or three years ago over Sean Penny. And then add that you probably have D.J. Dallas still there. This team, when you have H.G. Pearson at some point, they don't really need a stud running back necessarily for their offense to kind of function running-wise. What they need is the guys that actually could block or tackle people on the other side. So I am really
6: down on this pick for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm right <laughs> there with you, Chris. And Andrew, you know, we talked on our show the, last week about how Atlanta wasn't going to take a quarterback because they're going to punt the next year. Maybe yeah. the Seattle Seahawks are doing the exact same thing. Uh, maybe I think it's
3: got to be clear at this point, unless unless these guys all fall in the third round, which maybe that does happen. Uh, see, I, I got to think this is happening.
5: See, that's why I thought like you just said, third round. That's where I thought running back would have been a perfect spot for Seattle. Because I think Damian Pierce would have been a perfect fit in Seattle. Come
3: so the Vikings on, are moving back up. The Colts stray down. The Vikings move in. I'll still be waiting on the details for that trade. I don't have that as of yet, but the Vikings are on the clock. Got Andrew, finish your thought.
5: Yeah, so I was gonna say, I think Damian Pierce would have been a perfect fit for what Seattle needs, and uh, as far as at the running back position, I really want. If they weren't gonna go quarterback here, I would have expected a corner or you know a N'Kobe Dean who's still sitting there to, to fill that Bobby Wagner role. It just uh, Look, I get the defense of the, the Mafe pick. I, I can roll with that because it's still a linebacker. still somewhat of a need, but this really just makes no sense.
3: All right, Chris, what did the Vikings just move up to get here? I, don't I, don't know is- that, actually. I just want to say as a 49ers fan, I'm, I'm happy to watch Seattle implode. Okay, now go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not necessarily positive here. I mean, when you look, kind of look at the board, what they kind of have available, they definitely have eats on both sides of the ball. We talked about maybe upgrading at receiver. Maybe they have a guy in particular that they like. Um, I think defense is still where the Vikings still need to significantly improve their secondaries, they're questionable at best. Their secondaries, you know, they add a kind, but Harrison Smith's no spring chicken. Um, they have guys in a linebacker position they are kind of starting to age out. Anthony Barr is a guy who you know not pay a lot of money and isn't necessarily necessarily part of their future moving forward. So I think this is where they're gonna look for And Kobe Dean could be a guy that would really fit a great need for the Vikings. Uh, a guy that I think would help transition his defense, you know, the future. But I'm I'm kinda of interested to see what they did trade up for.
3: So I'm, I, got the, I got it right now. So the Colts traded 42 to the Vikings and their number 122, which is the beginning of the fourth round. The Colts got 53, 77, and 192 uh, in this swap of picks here. So the Minnesota the Vikings, there is somebody they have to be targeting because they gave up quite a little bit there to try to move up about 11 spots to get back up to this position.
5: This this does feel like it's either Nakobe Dean's time to come off the board or Andrew Booth here. It feels like one of those playmaking defensive players is what they're going to
6: shoot for here, in my opinion.
1: Does anybody think they could go quarterback here with Kirk Cousins' future kind of questionable
6: for Minnesota going forward? I mean, yeah, that, that same question occurred to me as well. So we'll <laughs> see you here. It
3: is Andrew Booth comes off the board. So they wanted their okay. guy at the secondary.
6: Position. absolutely okay with this pick. Absolutely
3: okay yeah. with it. Well, we talked about this. We said Booth is a cover three type of guy outside perimeter corner. That's what the Vikings do. They're not going to change. Even though Zimmer's gone, they're not going to be drastically changing the system that their defense runs. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good fit. Definitely a team. You know, Patrick Peterson's not an expert chicken either, and a guy they can definitely use upgrades over. So I think this is a good player for them. A guy who's willing to get, get physical tackle. I think he's going to be a good player for the Vikings. And doesn't have a whole lot of guys to cover Green Bay, so it'll help him adjust kind of the NFL as well, or Chicago.
3: Well, and what we love to hear what last year was Justin Jefferson, he wanted uh, he went to go against Patrick Peterson all the time in practice. I'll tell you what, if he does the same thing to Booth, Booth's going to have to get a hell of a lot better real, real fast. So maybe, hey, you know what? Maybe that'll work. Maybe that'll help him out quite a bit doing that in practice. We'll have to find out and see. So the Giants are now going to be on the clock. Andrew, what do you think the Giants want to do? They just traded back twice to get to this position.
5: Uh, yeah. So I think I want to see who's available left here. I, I I see them going back to the offensive line here possibly, but it feels like it might be a reach because I feel like we kind of, you know, the next offensive lineman up is, is, uh, is Raymond down from uh, central Michigan. So uh, this might be another defensive situation here. Uh, I could see them going uh, a from Michigan at linebacker here.
3: Uh, I like a quite a bit. And I, that, that would surprise me though, just because they just took Thibodeau that they would go another pass rusher if they were the York Giants. Though. It would be interesting. You hire Brian Dable and you do nothing but load up on the defensive side of the ball. I'd be kind of curious to see. But there's not a there's not a big wide receiver that I'm seeing that I would really like in this situation. Both the top running backs are off the board. So the idea of replacing Saquon Barkley in this draft, I think, kind of comes off here. What are you thinking, Chris? You look you look like you have a an idea in your head.
1: I'm thinking I like Travis Jones would be a good fit for them, a team that definitely has struggled against their run. But I'm also thinking Dean would be a good fit for them. This team, you know, Blake Martinez was injured last year. They were atrocious in the linebacker position when he went down. They couldn't stop anybody that versus the run. So those two guys really you know, would help solidify that middle for them. And I think when you're the New York Giants, look at the Eagles, you look at the Cowboys, look at teams that kind of want to be, you know, push you around, you're going to need to stop their runs. So those two guys make a lot of sense to me.
3: That's actually a really good call. I do like that. I would, I would like that pick a lot. I want to go back to this, this Vikings. They trade up with the Colts to take Andrew Booth for a second. Could the Colts not have used an Andrew Booth? I know they have Stephon Gilmore, but they could have really been elite in secondary had they made that pick. I just that's what I think, anyway. What do you think, Kevin?
6: I have to absolutely agree with that. And uh, who couldn't use somebody like Booth on their team? And so the guys that passed on him, especially in the second round, I think <laughs> are going to be you know they're going to be regretting their decision during the season. Oh, yeah, man. Big okay. Big.
5: Uh-oh.
3: <laughs> Where is he? Because I'm trying to find him on my thing. Wandale Robinson is the pick for the child. Slot <laughs> Slot receiver. They take Kadarius wow. Tony Part 2 for the second year in a row. There's only one response I could have.
5: If they can you do a double boo, Dan? Can you do a double boo on A triple boo here. If they wanted a slot <laughs> receiver, why not Sky Moore? I, well, I, I don't,
6: don't understand this. I'm I,
3: don't my, my my slot receiver I don't even
6: period. This because got eye, done.
3: So. Yes, they, want, they talked about wanting to trade Darius Tony, but they said, like, okay, it's not going to happen before the draft. You still brought back Sterling Shepard. You have yep. slot receivers, mm-hmm. period. The Giants, I just got done giving them all this credit after yesterday, <laughs> and then they turn around. Did they, did they bring David Gettleman for a pick? They'd be like, all right, look, <laughs> part of the deal of you moving on is you have to get one more pick before you're allowed out the door. <laughs>
5: Yeah, it's a bit – that one's a shocker right there. That's, that's remember, The that's whole so board's just short. like, um,
3: yeah, I don't know what to really make of that. Come on, Chris, what do you think?
1: I hate it. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think that you talked about a guy – guy's definitely explosive. Guy ran a 4-3 in the combine, um, 5-8. But I think this is where you're going to see Brian Dable kind of show his true colors. People are really excited about his hiring to <laughs> the Giants. I was not as excited because I don't forget who he was previous to going to Buffalo and Josh Allen kind of finding lightning in a bottle. Um, this guy hasn't been so super successful ever where he's gone. He was in Alabama. He was in New England. And a lot of those places, he liked kind of guys like this and guys that he didn't necessarily like to speed fell off with, but the, play, the players didn't know get better. I think he loves the speed and the idea of this guy, but I don't think he's necessarily a great materializer on the field. This isn't happening Daniel Jones getting any better. To your point, they already had weapons in place. They had plenty of receivers last year. They couldn't protect anybody. They couldn't throw the ball to the receivers. They couldn't stop anybody on defense. So yeah, I'm with you where I mean they had to some credit last last yesterday for what they kind of drafted. Today they kind of threw it back out the window and you know decided to go back to the Gettleman days and previous regimes.
3: Well, this is the perfect time to do this read. So if you're down on your team's pick, we're trying to cheer you guys up by doing a giveaway with a Jonathan Taylor jersey here. All you gotta do is go to Twitter, follow Belly Up Sports at Belly Up Sports. You have to retweet it. It's tagged at the top as soon as you go to the profile page. Register on Pristine Auction and use the promo code BELLY. That will get you registered into the contest. We're going to select a winner at 8 p.m. on Monday, May 2nd. So we're trying to lift your spirits with a Jonathan Taylor (laughs) giveaway. So the Browns are finally on the board. This is a team that ruined, single-handedly might have ruined the quarterback uh, pay scale moving forward, (laughs) or at least the way the contract's done anyway, after giving Deshaun Watson a fully- guaranteed contract but with that move it stands to reason that they have to be involved in a Super Bowl discussion when you have a defense the way they do <laughs> they lost Jarvis Landry they did trade for Amari Cooper I would think offensive weapons would be the big need here I don't necessarily have a weapon graded in this spot but as the Giants just showed me it might not matter but what, <laughs> did, what would you guys do if you went with the Browns good Kevin
6: well um I think you got to get the wide receivers out there to 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 help, you know, uh, do uh, some things around Amari Cooper, as uh you know he's he's a great receiver, but he's not 22 years old anymore. So we talked about him earlier, George Pickens out of Georgia. Perhaps uh, uh we still got Sky Moore, Western Michigan, sitting there. And so one of those two guys, I guess it depends on what they – if they if they just like talent, I'm going to go Sky Moore. If they want the pedigree, then it's George Pickett out of Georgia. And so I think you just keep on adding some weapons. So Deshaun Watson steps on the field, and then away they go if he steps on the field at the first game, which we don't know that yet or not.
3: That That's going to be the big question. Now, it looks like – it looks like the county court, as far as that goes, is kind of going away. So it, it sounds like he's going to be okay. Uh, but we never do know
6: because Trevor uh, Bauer just got thrown out of the, for two whole years. So you That's just don't true. know what's going to happen.
0: That's
3: <sighs> true. So the Houston Texans just traded up <laughs> and took the Cleveland Browns pick. So who are the Houston Texans going after? They're trying to get all aggressive here now in the second round. They took their tweener corner nickel safety guy and Jalen uh, Pytree in just a couple of picks ago. So if you're the Texans, you've been going defense so far. Who'd you just trade up for, Chris?
1: Who did I trade up for? Isn't what I think they traded up for. I think they traded up for Willis here. I think that they look at their quarterback Ooh. situation, see how them, and a guy that would be kind of waiting in the wings. They Didn't have to overpay for him, but a guy that could kind of give them the hope if oh. you know Debo Mills doesn't pan out for them.
3: I'll, I'll cut off that thought right now. They went wide receiver. They went with John Metchie from Meche, Alabama. Okay. okay. I, I, I'm going to have to check myself because, this again, I guess you get to this point. It's preference picked by teams. But uh let's see. I had him yep. oh, about five, six, eh, about seven receivers more down the board. Before I get so, to John you. I, I thought it would be early. more of a fourth yeah, round Yeah, Dan, pick. I
6: don't have him quite that far. I've got him uh, fourth on my board, so I'm kind of there with you on that one. He's I, someone that I honestly thought was going to fall to the pats in like, the third round, so –
5: third or fourth round, so that's, that's a little bit of a shock that he's going right now, and that they traded up for him right there, too. That's a, that's a bit of a shock, too. Yes,
3: yeah, so you're going to pair him up with Brain and Cooks, and they said, the hell with Chris, we believe in Davis Mills, and he needs weapons, give it. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so we have to get John Mechie. Chris, what's your reaction to John Mechie here?
1: I don't think it's a bad pick. I think they definitely need to go to receiver. I mean, other than Brain and Cooks, there's nobody really serviceable to throw the ball to their tight end stink, or the other receiver stink, um, so you do need some kind of weapons on the outside. I do like this kid. I there's other guys I might like a little bit more than him, but I think he was one of the you know, he was the guy until James Williams kind of popped off last year. Um he was the guy to kind of take that next mantle, so to speak at Alabama receivers. He was getting a lot of talent. talent is one of the top guys going into the draft last year. I'm coming going into the year for this draft, I should say. And I look at a guy who can do a little bit of everything. I think he's back best in the slot, but I like his route running as a guy who can be a quarterback's best friend. He gets an easy uh separation, he gets open, he's where he's supposed to be has more explosiveness; people kind of give credit for. So I don't think it's a bad pick. I just think that, you know, where the Texans are right now, there's other places they could definitely address especially the offensive line.
3: Well, it's the one pr- problem with being the Texas that there's nothing they couldn't address, right? <laughs> and But to hit the hell in that
1: I say that because because I think there's other receivers we kind of are all talking about that we might have a little higher or around that same kind of value that you didn't... There's definitely, I think, some drop-off after the linemen after these couple guys go...
3: Well, no, what I was going to say is leading into that point, usually when you need that many things, you want to build from the inside out, not the outside in. And being with those receivers that are at least – I don't care if this is your preference here. There's at least still guys in the same tier that you could have went with with John Metchie later on. And I I wanted Mm -hmm. to illustrate your point with that right there. (coughs) Uh, But now we have – Yeah, I agree,
6: Dan. I would have went with Raymond right here if I was was you.
3: We're going to have the Baltimore Ravens here on the clock. As they are getting on the clock, we have to say goodbye to our panel here with Andrew and Kevin. Thank you guys for coming on. Kevin, where can everybody follow you? What do you have coming up next, man?
6: Well, um, you can uh, see uh, Andrew and I uh, Sunday mornings at 11 Eastern on the uh, Belly Up Fantasy Live Dynasty edition. And then Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, I am the host with uh, Vince, who was on here earlier, of the Fantasy Live Baseball Show. And uh, I will have an article out. You can be pretty sure about that. Well, you can be real sure on the fantasy side of of things. And uh, you can always find me at Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. And so just check me out out there. All right.
5: Thank you. Andrew, we can get you, man. Yep. uh, Real Mr. Mallard right here on Twitter. You can also find uh, the the golf show Divots and Pivots at Divots and Pivots on Twitter. And as Kevin said, Sunday mornings, the Belly Up Fantasy Live Dynasty edition at 11 a.m. Eastern on Tiki Live on Belly Up TV. Um, And then also football related, I will be having weekly ranking or biweekly rankings for the offseason leading up to all your fantasy drafts. And then once the season starts, I'll be releasing weekly rankings to help you with your start sets. So make sure to check it out
3: excellent excellent guys thank you so much for coming on everybody we are take a quick break come back to the other side get our next slate of guests in everybody stay tuned to the belly up sports MDs fans football show nfl draft coverage here on belly up tv the weather is changing and there's only one way to keep your drink cool this season lucky
2: land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office